test, test. Check one, two. Oh, yeah. Sounds Ooh, yeah. Good. Your volume is real nice. How's mine? Yours seems pretty good, kind of quiet. Are yeah, you... I feel quiet, too. Maybe right. I should just bring more energy into my voice. That sounds good to me if you do. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, then. Welcome. <clears throat> Son of a bitch. Welcome to Super Duperstitious. Podcast about clearing throats and checking mics. That's right. We test our levels for an hour, and then we just say goodbye. It's good times. Uh, we talk about spooky stuff. We examine it from a scientific perspective. We have a good time doing it. That's right. And uh, today, I believe, hold our... on. What? I'm Jake. I'm Wyatt. And what are we doing today, Wyatt? Today, we're going to talk about. I don't know. <laughs> I forget exactly what the prompt was. I feel so, like we never really quite figured it out. <laughs> they're not always going to be super neat, clean categories, guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think today, basically, we're talking about some general creepy creatures that are you know, not exactly biological, as with our usual cryptozoology fare, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit alien, a little bit supernatural, just weird, damn it. They're just goddamn weird. Exactly. Yeah. Now, before we get going, do you have any... Uh, any kind of updates, updates for, for you? Us yes, that I might updates be that might be in? high up in the sky. Um, I do indeed. I was actually going to just ask when I should do this, and that's right now. So, I have for you today Spring Heeled Jack America Edition. Oh boy. Which, um, if, you know, dedicated listeners will recall, last week we talked about this uh, very goofy phantom kind of harasser from uh england town and um (laughs) this guy was messing the victorian era all kinds of up for about a hundred years ish maybe 70 it was a while yeah give or take probably not the same guy the whole time unless he was anyway it kind of petered off there but then things started (laughs) happening in america What's up? He said it petered off. I was like, well, his name is Jack. I was like, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured it best to give the American version of the decidedly Victorian English spring-heeled Jack his or its own name. Um, so if you or any listeners have a better one, I'm all for changing this name weekly. As long <laughs> as I have any updates, I'll I'll figure one out myself if I get <laughs> no right. suggestions. Um, so yeah, listeners, if you have a snappy name you'd like red, Please just shoot the word at uh, Facebook or comment it on our Instagram or reach out through uh, contact at superduperstitious.com. Also, yeah, Twitter, yeah, at superduperstitch. Should we make um, a hashtag for this? Yeah, hashtag. Um, hmm. I don't know. No fucking hashtag for this one. <laughs> yeah, forget it. <laughs> God damn it. If it comes up organically over time, it will. Yeah, right. Exactly. In the meantime, let me introduce you to Spring Hill Jack's cousin, Lyndon Bounce Johnson. <laughs> Perfect. You know what food LBJ would probably eat? Hopovers. <laughs> you know what car LBJ might drive? A jump truck. <laughs> you know what's uh, LBJ's favorite geologic feature? No. Vault lines. Okay. And finally, you know what LBJ would wear if he went skydiving? <laughs> I feel like... You're setting me up for something I'm going to get wrong. If you were about to say a big cloak, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so before we get into the more recent updates, uh, I think it's important to first and foremost establish the early background to the American version of this phenomenon. Okay. So we can return to the early 1900s where you'll recall, or even before, actually, it'll be the late 1800s today, 
Um, you'll recall that Springheel Jack reports in the UK pretty much they ended around the late 1800s. I think we already covered that. But sort of seemed that he just went across the Atlantic, read Edith Skinner's Speak With Distinction, <laughs> and uh, traded in his snooty British ha-ha for a transatlantic ha-ha. <laughs> so there are at least nine cases from America between 1885 and 1927 involving a very similar figure. I'll recount some of them now and uh, save some for next week, and we can take it on from there. Sounds good. So, 1885, the dancing ghost on the church, Lawrence, New York. All righty. In December 1885, the people of Lawrence, a very well-to-do quarter of that area, uh, were abruptly visited by a, quote, specter in the belfry of the Methodist Episcopal Church. So goes the article... Men gathered in dark places every night to observe the strange sight. It flits about the belfry in the most nimble fashion, one time ascending to the apex of the steeple and at another executing a dance on the slanting roof. It plays hide-and-seek in the latticework of the, of the bell room. <laughs> By itself. <laughs> By itself. It's the loneliest spirit. Enlarging and decreasing in size according to the angle of observation. A remarkable thing is that it never appears on a Sunday night. Every night, scores of persons walk or drive to the vicinity of the Lawrence Church to verify it. <laughs> it's parking, that is. Some of these... Dec- validate. Validate, yeah. <laughs> Do you verify? <laughs> um, <laughs> some of these declare that the specter has followed them home and hung around their residences for hours. Last Saturday night, the strange figure was more than usually active, and scores of persons kept their eyes fixed on it until, benumbed by the cold, they were driven home. Half the village declares that at precisely 10 o'clock, the bell was tolled. Immediately after the tolling, three hearty amens were heard, and then the specter flattened itself out on the roof. After a few minutes, there was seen the liveliest skipping in and out of the latticework, and then the phantom ran up and down the surface of the steeple, concluding by perching on the top and disappearing in the direction of the graveyard. Well, given the complete batshit insanity of what it's doing this does sound a lot like yeah exactly okay. he got bored of scratching and took up dancing i think <laughs> yes. like, check out my moves guys please be my friend uh 1885 same year the fire spitting ghost of long island it still sounds like his mo it does doesn't it regurgitating flames <laughs> as you'll see from the report it had apparently first shown up so this this creature back in 1880 even before this account mm. So it took a break and, quote, after a rest of five years, a specter with a tongue of fire has reappeared on the old Centerville race course, just south of Woodhaven, and men and women congregate every night to witness the strange sight. His ghost ship appears promptly <laughs> at quarter to ten o'clock and departs at twelve minutes after eleven. There is a dispute whether the ghost wears a robe of white or a garment more the color of sheep's wool. Super Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> yeah, they're like... It's the... Um, what was that dress meme that went around? Oh, was it black and the, white or the blue and blue, gold? Blue or? and gold, yeah. That one. <laughs> uh, this would have been white or sheep's wool. <laughs> but on one other point, there is no disagreement. The ghost spits fire like a foundry chimney and leaves a sulfurous odor behind it. It moves along space like a feather in the wind, going a zigzag course... At regular intervals, it spits fire. <laughs> Scores of persons have followed in its wake without getting close enough for personal contact, and all declare that when the ghost comes to a stop, it invariably says, Whoa. <laughs> 
I'm picturing it specifically in the voice of a younger Keanu Reeves. Whoa. 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 <laughs> and occasionally just saying wow, but like um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have to do this. Bear break. Jake, what are we drinking? I almost started speaking into my beer instead of my microphone. Uh, we're drinking El Chupacabra from Throwback Brewery. Just about, you know, 15, 20 minutes south of here in look, uh, in uh, Northampton, New Hampshire. There's a bat wing in mine. Oh, look at that. Scoos. Fancy It's that. scoopy. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, <laughs> Spooky. It's quite scoopy. Uh, it's a porter brewed with chocolate and spices. It's kind of a, a Mexican chocolate sort of uh, a porter. You're welcome to read the description. Mm. I edit them out every time, so go for it. <laughs> Try it, Wyatt. See if, I, see if I leave it. Would you... Say it's full-bodied? I would. Would you... Do you detect the slightest hint of uh, spice from local peppers? Look at that. It's all gone. (laughs) Four years later, 1889, the graveyard ghost that darted fire out of its eyes, wading river Long Island. Still in Long Island, so this guy really liked the coast. Um, Interesting. They have a lively ghost at Wading River. This Wading River specter keeps perfect silence and strikes terror to the beholders by darting fire at them out of its eyes. <laughs> the figure's dress is smoky in color instead of pure white, and definitely not sheep's wool, <laughs> goddammit. Weird that they put that in there. <laughs> yes. At 11.55 o'clock p.m., the ghost appears in the churchyard and jumps around in the liveliest possible way apparently trying to read the inscriptions off the tombstones and locate itself properly. (laughs) What the fuck? Assuming its intent. (laughs) It's just reading furiously. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do. At precisely 12 o'clock, midnight. (laughs) Oh my god! It just says 12 o'clock M. (laughs) Um, The figure mounts to the top of a stone, lets go 12 fiery darts, and disappears from view entirely. It rarely appears or disappears at the same point twice, and the startled people do not know where to look for it. But they have no difficulty in locating it when the moment for the Earth to open up and reveal the messenger from Sheol arrives. What the fuck is he talking about? I don't know. They say that long before the fiery object took to practicing athletics in the graveyard, it could be discerned playing hide-and-seek in the church belfry, and on one occasion the bell was rung violently at midnight. Huh. They have no idea where it's going to appear next, but they have no trouble counting how many spurts of fire or darts of fire. Yeah, they're so. like, <laughs> exactly, 12 exactly. All the 12 stuff is a little goofy. And all the specific times that they say that these things happen, it happens every night at exactly uh, from like... You know, 11.55. Few, yeah, yeah <laughs> from 11.55 until 12 o'clock, or the other one was like... um. You know, just about 10 o'clock until 11, 12. Yeah, right. People were bored. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep time of everything happening all the time forever. And get really specific about the colors. Damn it, it's white. Um, and then finally for today, uh, 1892, the fire-spitting ghost of Raymond Street, Brooklyn, New York. Hmm. The good people living on Raymond Street in the vicinity of the jail are greatly excited over the reported visitation of an inhabitant of the other world that has been seen in and around the jail. A youth standing hard by was observed to remark while his eyes danced with excitement, It was a great big thing, seven or eleven feet high, all dressed in white with horns on its head. A businessman in the immediate vicinity said, Those who have seen it probably imagined it. 
I have heard it described <laughs> as being anywhere from 7 to 12 feet high, dressed in white. Some say with fire shooting out of its mouth, but yeah, right. He said, that youth is full of shit. Stupid youth. <laughs> so anyway, those are some early accounts in the States, and uh, there are more. And I'll bring those in before trying to look for anything that happened recently, because I think there might be. I look forward to them. I, I like the idea that it's the specific activities of this version of Spring Hill Jack, this LBJ, if you will, mm-hmm. is pretty, uh, it's it's different, it's less interactive, uh, for example. Yeah, no. Um, but still a lot of the same antics, and very similar uh, locale as far as, you know, cities and stuff. The bigger cities right. that there were in the U.S. at the time, just like, you know, London being one of the biggest cities in the world at the time, and that being... Because normally you think of sightings of creepy stuff like that being more in places rural, that are, yeah, rural places, regions. dark places, just places where there aren't as many people around. Right. Whereas Spring Hill Jack, really, his whole thing is just being around where everyone is. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's funky. And it's weird, just like you say, that he would sh- switch up his uh, M.O. so hard. But, I mean, clearly enough people saw it that it became news or, I mean, papers just straight made up shit. Yeah. But anyway... Well, thank you for sharing that uh, there, there you have it. Spring Heel Jack good time. It was my pleasure. So, I don't know. Who's going first today? I believe it's you. Then I shall continue talking. Yeah. The Dover... Oh, oh, got that part out. I'm doing a cold open. It's cold open time. I am about to do a cold open. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. Cold open. Deploy. Today's Bizarre Tale begins <laughs> on April 21st. 1977. At 10.32 p.m., three 17-year-olds, Bill Bartlett, Mike Mazoka, Mazaka, and Andy Brody are driving north on Farm Street in Dover, Massachusetts, hmm. a town on the outskirts of the greater Boston area, just southeast of Framingham. Bartlett, who's behind the wheel of his Volkswagen, spots something creeping along a low wall of loose stones on the left side of the road. Thinking the creature may be a lost dog or cat, he turns to look. Revealed by the light of the headlights, Bartlett realizes it's nothing he's ever seen before. The figure slowly turns its head and stares into the light, its two large, round, glassy, lidless eyes shining brightly, quote, like two orange marbles. Mm. Its watermelon-shaped head, resting at the top of a thin neck, is almost the size of the rest of its body. Except for its oversized head, however, the creature is thin, with long, spindly arms and legs, and large hands and feet. The skin is hairless and peach-colored and appears to have a rough texture, like wet sandpaper, Bartlett would later report. Hmm. Standing no more than three and a half to four feet tall, the figure is shaped like, quote, a baby's body, but with long arms and legs. It had been making its way along the wall, its long fingers and toes gripping around the rocks when the car lights surprised it. Unfortunately, neither of Bartlett's companions sees the creature. The sighting lasts only a few seconds, and before Bartlett can speak, the car leaves the scene. Then the creature is gone. Bartlett drops his friends off and goes to his Walpole Street home. Visibly upset, he walks through the door, and his father asks him what's wrong. Bartlett relates the story and later sketches what he's seen. And here's a picture. Okay. Which I'm sure you've probably seen before. Yes. This is something that we saw featured heavily during our visit at, uh, to the Cryptozoology Museum, the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. That, that we very much did. Around two hours later, 15-year-old John Baxter was walking home from his girlfriend's house along Miller's Hill Road. 
After walking for about a mile, Baxter said that he noticed a silhouetted figure approaching him on the side of the road. At first, he suspected that it might be a local boy who lived on the street. Baxter called out to the shadowy being, but received no response. When they were approximately 15 feet apart, the silhouette stopped. Baxter again called out, and again received no response. Hmm. When he stepped towards the figure, it quickly scurried off the road. He chased it down the roadside ditch, but stopped as he saw it outlined against an open field. Baxter later described roughly the same creature as Bartlett, with its Mm. oversized head and long, spindly limbs. This time, though, the being was standing. Using its long fingers to grasp the trunk of a tree it was leaning on, its weirdly long toes contoured to the rock beneath its feet. Baxter didn't report any glowing eyes, but the creature made him very uncomfortable all the same, and he backed up to the road and quickly walked away. Wow. And here is a sketch based on his description. Okay, wow. That's surprisingly consistent. It is. The next night, Abby Brabham, 15 years as well. Brabby Abham. Brab, that old Brabham, um, was being driven home by Will Tainter, an unfortunate last name of 18 years old. <laughs> When he spotted something in the road, when she spotted something in the road, goddammit, Wyatt, Brabham too described a strange creature with a large ovoid head and long spindly limbs. She said that the being was missing all facial features except for its eyes, which were round and glowed bright green, hmm. a color which she steadfastly insisted on to investigators despite its idiosyncrasy with the other reports. Mm-hmm. This irregularity with previous accounts is not damning, however, as eyes can reflect many different hues of light depending on angle witnessed and light intensity and color. Oh, for sure. Think about when you shine a light in a dog's eyes or something. It can be, like, especially dogs and cats, it can be pretty bright green in a lot of cats, or it can be like with dogs and cats, both green or kind of an orange, orange or, or yellow. Somewhat, and stuff yeah, like that. So true. That sounds a lot like either of the reports so right. far. Tainter caught only a fleeting glimpse of the creature and said he saw something with a large head and tan body crouched in the road. Investigator and renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, who is our boy, our boy Lauren, uh, who is the owner and I guess, what would you say, curator of the International yeah. Museum of Cryptozoology? That's the one. And co-investigators Walter Webb, Joseph Nyman, and Ed Fogg were unanimously impressed by the witnesses upon following up on these reports especially Bartlett and Brabham. The Dover police chief, Carl Sheridan, went so far as to describe Bartlett as, quote, an outstanding artist and reliable witness. Parents, teachers, and other community members came out in support of the teenagers, and it was generally agreed that they were ordinary kids who had witnessed something extraordinary. Such was the birth of the now-notorious Dover Demon. The Dover Demon. A mysterious and ultimately unexplained being that has been attributed to everything from an escaped monkey to a baby Hmm. moose to a fox with mange. Um, Although these relatively (laughs) mundane conclusions never held much water with investigators. Escaped monkey sounds more like what they describe, but I don't know much about the the town of Dover, but I don't know how a monkey would be there. No, indeed. And um, a baby moose looks nothing like these pictures at all. No, yeah, exactly. Or a fox with mange, for that matter. Right. So yeah, it, but but however, a paranormal hypothesis has been equally difficult to present since the creature does not seem to fit the expected bill for any sort of quote-unquote known phantom, ghost, or extraterrestrial. Yeah. Though this point kind of cracks me up because, I mean, if we're going to go there, how do we even know what to expect based on these things? You know, it's like, uh, clearly that is not an E.T. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, what's the Dover Demon? His own thing. <laughs> 
Today's meta continues. The Toronto Tunnel Monster. Ooh, that's a fun name. It is. The very next year, so this is now 1978, hundreds of miles away, it was a warm summer's day in August. Ernest, he would only allow his first name to be used, a soft-spoken 51-year-old and his wife of 19 years, Barbara, had been raising a litter of kittens because they were bored. Just kidding. They probably just had a passion for it. One of the kittens apparently disappeared, and Ernest decided to search for it in the vicinity of their Parliament Street apartment. We all know that despite his insistence on excluding his last name, this is, of course, Ernest P. Worrell. And this account can be witnessed in the movie Ernest Ernest Scared Scared Stupid. Stupid. Close by... Ernest of the movie stumbled upon the opening to a dark quote-unquote cave and crawled approximately 10 feet in hoping to find any trace of the animal. This is where he said, quote, I saw a living nightmare that I'll never forget. Hmm. Armed only with a flashlight, Ernest encountered a creature which he described as quote long and thin, almost like a monkey, with sharp teeth, three feet tall, weighing maybe 30 pounds with slate gray fur. However, it was the eyes that truly stood out, orange and red and slanted. Hmm. Ernest spoke reluctantly with reporters as to what occurred next. The creature, he says, spoke to him. What? Quote, I'll never forget it, he said. It said, go away, go away, in a hissing voice. Then it took off down a long tunnel off to the side. I got out of there as fast as I could. I was shaking with fear. This is... Ooh, <laughs> so fucking creepy, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> and pretty visually similar to the others, but it just very much is. Each each version gets a little bit creepier. <laughs> so what we're looking at now, I I guess we should have described the previous images we were looking at. Um, well, you mean you did describe them before showing the image, as far as what the body looks like and everything. Right. So it's that this one now, though the thing that Ernest is describing has been depicted as rather more a little bit more proportioned, like a human might yeah, be. Yeah, the torso is longer, the head is a little bit smaller, and right. by, in comparison to the rest of the body, somewhat rounder too, not so ovoid. Yeah, or, you know, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon esque, exactly. <laughs> um, and they've. Uh, Penciled in some nice creepy red eyes for your yes. for your troubles, and made them crooked on purpose. It seems like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ernest never approached the media with his story. He was afraid that people would think that he was quote drunk or worse crazy. Oh no! And felt that no one would ever believe him. The Sun, which is a Toronto area newspaper, uh, found him after hearing about his experience from a reliable contact who worked with a relative of Ernest's. Uh, one of a handful of people to whom he had confided the experience. He would agree to talk only if his last name was not revealed. Oral. <laughs> Ernest's wife, Barbara, states, I believe Ernie saw exactly what he says he did. He was terrified when he came back to the apartment, and he doesn't scare easily. Look, he's been known to have a drink in the past, like most people, and to occasionally tie one on. Shoes, I mean. But he's not a drunk, and he wasn't drinking at all that day. Look, everyone drinks a fifth or two of vodka each night. It's not a big deal. This is Toronto, okay? Um, the Toronto Sun did question some of Ernest's relatives and neighborhood acquaintances. They found that all agreed with and supported Barbara's evaluation of her husband. Ernest, accompanied by Sun's staff, returned to the location of his strange sighting in March of 1979. The cave's entrance was located at the bottom of a narrow passageway between the building where he lived and the one next door. Together, the group found the corpse of a cat, which was mm-hmm. half buried in the tunnel. 
The sad discovery reminded Ernest of, quote, strange noises like animals in pain that he had heard emanating from the tunnel prior to his frightening encounter. Ernest showed the Sun reporter exactly where he saw the the strange being. He stated, The last I saw the creature, it was heading off into the dark. The passage seemed to drop down very quickly and go a long way back. It was speculated that the tunnel, in fact, led to the sewer system, and that the entry uh, entranceway beside Ernest's apartment was an access point used by the creature to reach the surface. Uh, safety concerns promoted Toronto's uh, sewer department to thoroughly inspect the tunnel, as it was feared that uh, area children may, in fact, try to enter. Mm. Ernest's story was very strange. However, sewage employees did not ridicule or scoff at it, um, according to the report made by the Toronto Sun at the time. Yeah, we see stuff like that all the time, eh? Yeah. (laughs) The dude was drunk, though. Uh, One reporter who was quoted in the paper stated, People who work on the surface just don't know what it's like down there. It's a whole different world. Who would have thought a few years ago that people would live in sewers, and yet that's what they found in New York a few years back. Another was quoted as saying, I don't know what Ernest saw down there. I'll tell you one thing. If we could get in there, I sure as hell wouldn't want to go down alone. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the Dover Demon and Toronto Tunnel Monster, they have both remained somewhat sensational, you know, mysteries for decades. Yeah. But, in looking around for more on these topics, I have come across a now growing and enjoyed theory that, well, theory, insofar as it's a somewhat paranormal explanation for them, but it's enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, so, in the mythology of several northeastern Native American tribes, including the Ojibwe, Algonquin, Ottawa, and Cree, are creatures known as Memeguesi, uh, though the spelling suggests a pronunciation of Manigishi. It's important to note, though, spelling and pronunciation vary greatly based on language and dialect. Memeguesi are small, riverbank-dwelling water spirits described as pygmy, human-like entities that resemble little men with long, thin legs and arms. They are said to have as many as 12 fingers, six on each hand. Their round heads uh, with large eyes and no nose are apparently quite big in comparison to their small bodies. They are variously hairy or without any hair whatsoever, depending on regional description, Hmm. and bear a strange voice that sounds like the whine of a dragonfly. Huh. Now, in case you forgot, I have pulled up a video featuring the sounds of dragonflies. Okay. Um, I especially... So let's, let's, uh, let's just play this first. So you'll probably have noticed that there is a weird, spooky fucking soundtrack on this. <laughs> yeah. The Someone little skittering noises are the, the, the dragonflies dragon making noise. I especially like this video for that very weird music track. Interesting choice. Seems only appropriate if you were lost in, like, a spooky haunted island and had to solve a bunch of puzzles. <laughs> yes. It's made even more interesting. I'm going to take a little segue here. Okay. <laughs> the description of the video is, this video is about dragonfly sounds, period. Dragonfly sounds for babies. Dragonfly sounds <laughs> for kids. <laughs> so they have a very specific audience in mind with their really uh, dark and a moody soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture this in your baby's nursery. Just playing like in a little like 
speaker next to their crib. Exactly. I'm like, who put this fucking thing together, <laughs> and why do they do it? So this takes me to my quick side segment. What the hell is wrong with you, Awe kids? <laughs> and why is your landing video a nightmarish rendition of Wheels on the Bus with some guy's hand just moving model buses around? Oh. For an astounding 10 entire minutes. Oh, my God. And why does your version have so many odd ticking clock noises all over it? And why is it 10 minutes long? (laughs) To remind you that they're going to bring it all the way out to a full 10 minutes. I tell you, man, the song only takes about 15 seconds to complete its phrasing. I'm just going to play a little bit. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's just a guy's hand and a bus. And uh, it's instrumental, huh? You've heard the whole thing of it now. Yeah, that's it. I the will just show you. The wheels go round and round, round and round, round and round. The man has a collection. Look at these things. He has every bus. He's like, you will see every bus ever made. This is not so much for kids as it is for him to show <sighs> off his bus collection for 10 here. minutes. Oh, more videos for kids. I don't get it. This is scary for kids. It's a little creepy. Yeah, it should be filed under scary for kids. It's true. Anyway. <laughs> so, getting back to the Mimigwesi, uh According to the Cree Indians, uh, Mimigwesi are responsible for the pictographs found on rocks in the area, and their dwelling places are among the rocks near rapids. Uh, that it is said that they are great tricksters and apparently enjoy playing pranks and jokes on humans, even occasionally tipping canoes of unwitting paddlers. Hmm. Interestingly, in Dover, I believe, there is a rock near the sites of the sightings mm-hmm. that has pictographs on it. Oh. This whole segment could be called Correlation Does Not Equal Causation. Yes. But still, correlation nonetheless. Native American tales or mentionings of little people matching or close in description to the Mamiguesi abound. Um, I won't go into them here, but uh, terrainwalker.com, I have a link that we can throw up with the um, episode, Mm -hmm. um, has done a nice job of aggregating many of them in one place, Um, so I'll just link to that. So yeah, for me, the parallels are kind of fun and, you know, interesting as it gets there, Uh, in in particular when you bring in the connection of the Mimigwesi to water. Their affinity for water places them into the category of water spirit in the mythologies of some Native American tribes. Sure. But assume for a moment that this is some kind of cultural interpretation of an unknown biological requirement by some of some organism. Yeah. Um, as might be seen in like an amphibian species or something like this. Sure. When we return to the accounts in Dover, Massachusetts... Um, along Farm Street and Miller's Hill Road, we find that the locations of the sightings are either transected by or in very close proximity to large bodies of water. I have a map right here. Farm yep, Street, those are bodies of water. Miller Road, boom, boom. Yeah, um, a couple of different spots. And when we return to the accounts, oh, excuse me, returning to the Toronto account, the city of Toronto sits above a wild, buried network of waterways. It was, like, built over streams and rivers like crazy. They just redirected everything through culverts to go under the city. Kind of interesting. I also have a map of that. Look at that shit. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? a lot of waterways. Jeez. So we have street map overlaid on top of a waterways. So interesting correlation there as well. Again, the take-home message does not mean necessarily anything, but it is kind of fun that these three completely independent 
pockets of narrative, as it were, have so many similarities. Have such to a them. unique, yeah, exactly, and they're all so particular and and yeah. and, and descriptive in that way. So kind of fun. It the is Mame, very fun. The Mamegwesi, and it's also fun because they're like you know you mentioned the idea of how the eye color could be attributed to the fact that eyes can reflect different colors from different angles and things in different ways, and that could explain like the eye shine as it appears in the different stories. But nothing else about the story really matches any kind of description I can think of. There's no animal that lives around here or anywhere in North America or anywhere in the world that I can picture that sounds at all like the description or the drawings right. of this creature. Right. It's very creepy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unresolved. I mean, they really are not seen at all mm-hmm. anymore, as far as I know. But uh, the handful of accounts remain... Very spooky. So that is what I have for you today. Very good. So before we go into my story, we're starting to do a beer here. Yeah, let's see. We just cracked into Little Cranky. Which is by Stony Brook. Stony Creek. So, oh, God damn it, I'll never get it right. Whenever we drink it, it's by Stony Brook. That's but true. the actual brewery that people should go to is Stony Creek, which is in... Connecticut, I think. For real? Branford, Connecticut. What the fuck? So now you have a reason to go to Connecticut. For real. I was just exactly going to say that. <laughs> this is a session IPA. Um, oh, it's quite tasty. Do you feel like this is going down hard or easily for you? I think it's going down pretty easy. I'd also say, I don't know if it's going to stay in. <laughs> you feel lucky, what? <laughs> oh, I feel lucky, baby. Uh... So for my story today, I want to conjure an image for you. And be warned, as it's perhaps the most terrifying idea you can possibly imagine. I mean, just Donald Trump is president, basically. <laughs> Even more terrifying, Wyatt. Ooh, naked. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that terrifying. Okay, in between. All right, all right. Mr. Game and Watch. Oh, whatever. <laughs> or if that's too much, I'm really, I'm really sorry. Uh, instead, try picturing one of those inflatable <laughs> flaily arm things at car dealerships. Ugh. <sighs> There you go. Okay, that one. With that in mind, here's an account submitted to the blog 67NotOut, which is essentially the personal blog of a guy named Mike Perry, who, like us, has an interest in the mysterious and strange. Perry on, Mike. (laughs) It was very late at night, and me and the girlfriend, Liz, were walking home from a club in the greater London area. There's a park with lots of trees that is usually closed at night, but was open for some reason. So we walked through the gate as it would be a shortcut to home. Mm Mm-hmm. It was very dark, but there was a proper path to follow with trees and bushes either side. We hadn't been through the gate for more than a minute when Liz said, Did you see that? I had seen something that appeared to move ahead of us. The moon was out, so I thought it was trees blowing in the wind and making reflections. Or shadows, I guess? Making reflections. Perry, get your head checked, buddy. This is just an account someone submitted to him. Yeah, 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 I know. (laughs) I didn't know that. It looks like someone is coming towards us, said Liz, holding my arm more tightly. Whatever it was kept on coming. I could see it. A tall, thin man, but very skinny. It got taller as it got nearer to us, and I started feeling a little scared. What the hell is it? Liz whispered. I can only describe it as being like a stick man that kids draw. It was black, completely black, and was wearing no clothes. Okay. His face was blank, except what appeared to be an opening, something like a round mouth. Liz was freaked out, but the stick man bounced by us like some sort of cartoon character. What? His head turned slightly toward us, but it kept on walking, its long, thin legs and arms waving about as it passed. (laughs) We started to run. I turned around, and the creature had gone, but we hurried out of the far gate and kept walking fast until we got home. We were both scared and locked the door of our flat. I don't know what it was. 
What the fuck? This is a fairly typical encounter with what folks just call a black stick man. That is goofy as hell. It is goofy as hell. But I mean, I would be freaked to experience that. That's the fun thing about them is that it's such a goofy sounding thing. It's basically a cartoon stick man um, <laughs> in real life. You know what happened is it's just the AOL guys on hard times and yes. he's like got nothing else to do now. He's uh, yeah, He hasn't had much to eat since uh, the late 90s. He's gotten really thin. Right, exactly. His... Uh, uh, Yellow hue has just petered out. <laughs> Completely. Petered out again. <laughs> Peter. Peter. An article on Listverse describes these things as follows. Quote, stick men are supposed to look like totally black, thin stick figure drawings, such as teachers would make in kindergarten. They have been reported as between average height to impossibly tall. Hmm. Their heads are just a black circle with no facial features discernible. They appear as though totally two-dimensional, without any depth. Usually they've been sighted walking along roads at night or at transitional times, such as twilight or before dawn. Hmm. Their walk is described as a weird, lolloping gait. I can imagine it. <laughs> yes. It's very comical. They're surprised when actually seen and have followed unfortunate witnesses on occasion. Ooh, their pace, yeah, Their pace remains leisurely as they approach. Of course. So again, all sounds pretty cartoonish and silly, but if you were to see it in person, No way you terrifying. have a video. Uh, no, I'm just, I'll just go on. Sorry. Oh. So here's an account from one Simon Howes written in the comments of that same list first article. Okay, doke. Quote, in 1982, when I was a student nurse at Worley Hospital, Brentwood in Essex, England, I encountered a stick person in the grounds of the hospital as I was walking home one night. It lopped across the roadway, having been seemingly pressed up against the wall. It stopped when it saw me and raised its arms in fright and quickly walked off into the undergrowth. <laughs> it was very tall and very thin extremely long arms and legs and a very mm. small oval head totally black and no obvious clothing i saw no face even though it emerged very near a street lamp and was very well illuminated i was terrified and to this day no one believes me weird this is making me think of hoax tastic videos that people have done of like this thing like crawling around on buildings and stuff yeah um have you seen these maybe am i blowing <laughs> blowing it for five minutes from now maybe okay <laughs> another account this time from conspiracy theory forum above top secret mm -hmm. yesterday at twenty thirty hours just when i was about to leave the office i heard a very strange sharp buzz that came from the outside and made me look to see what it was about what it was about when i looked in the direction the sound came from i saw a long and very thin shadow with a copper color that after a while of not moving, started walking towards the light. Hmm. It was in that moment that I got very scared because I could see clearly that it was not a normal person. It had no face, and its body looked like a stick made of one piece. I went looking for my cell phone camera to take a picture, and to my surprise, when I came back, that thing was higher, for, uh, higher than the wall of the building, and it kept growing and stretching until it reached the second floor windows of the neighboring building. Hmm. It suddenly jumped up the walls and began to climb up to the roof where I lost sight of it. I kept hearing the buzz for some more seconds until it disappeared completely. Mm -hmm. I was able to take three pictures of it. I spent the whole night thinking about it and have no idea what it could be. Hmm. The person posting this then adds, This is an unsubstantiated report I found translated from Spanish on an anonymous image board. No concrete sources yet, but it definitely looks interesting. So what do you think, Wyatt? Do these photos look interesting? I am all eyes. And these are not uh, from that video you mentioned, just so you know. Okay. Ooh. So here's this creepy, lanky-ass creepy. thing on the street, and it starts to stretch 
weirdly <laughs> upward towards the building it's mm. going towards and then just disappears up out of sight into the darkness on top of the building it's interesting for sure it's a uh, so what we're looking at we got sort of like an apartment building and in the first shot an elongated looking humanoid thing like a the, stretched gumby yeah the the light looks right though it seems to be reflecting Something off of shining it. off of it and that from the direction where the light is and it's consistent shine with like the items around it so like cars and things reflecting the same kind of glow uh-huh but then the stretch part is a little funny, hard to tell what's really going on. It's just, yeah, vertically stretching like right. crazy up like two, three floors. And then after that, it's just uh, not even really visible on the top in the dark. It's just kind of gone. Smooshed up. Yeah. But it's just I mean, stretching stuff up to the top of the building and then pull itself away off the ground. It's very intriguing. It's the kind of thing that makes me, uh, it's not unconvincing to look at, but it makes me feel like I'm seeing a very carefully photoshopped image. Yes. And it's the kind of thing, like any of the descriptions and stuff, it just sounds so cartoonish and unlike anything it's, of this yeah, world. That exactly. It's like, how, how can it be real? Right. And actually, I can do you one better than those photos. Uh, here's a video from a few years back that went fairly viral. Uh-huh. Like you may have seen it. Depicting one such creature crawling up the side of a building in Russia. Uh-huh. It has no sound, so I'll just play it and we'll just uh, watch as it goes. Enjoy. So we've seen it's kind of a slightly shaky handheld camera looking at a building in the dark at nighttime. And here comes a thing down the side of it. Super stretchy limbs crawling down. Makes its way around towards the corner of the building. It's pulling itself. The limbs stretch as it goes and <laughs> move in just really weird ways. Mm-hmm. Parkour. Hardcore parkour. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this before? Is this the one you were thinking? I have seen this one. Yes. This one was, uh, it came out, I think, maybe three years ago, and it was pretty, um, it circulated pretty well in in the kind of group of people who might enjoy this sort of thing. Basically, you and me. Um, yeah. And exactly. those like them. So here's, it's up close again. It's just, it's very uh, weird looking. And I was, the title of the video is um, Slender Man, Stick Figure Climbs Building in Russia. Climbs with two eyes. Climbs. Yes. So that is... It's, uh, it's very interesting. It's it, really creepy it, looking, it, yeah. It again reminds me of stuff like, I mean, proven hoaxed like UFO videos, but they use like really, really advanced CGI kind of, uh, you know, stitch in After Effects type stuff to, you know, implant this image on, you know, they just shoot like a field and then they'll implant. Uh, right. UFO into the scene and they can like balance all the lighting and everything so that you're just like oh yeah, fuck it's there. Yeah, careful to do a good job of making the effect. So this is probably that same kind of a thing. That's what it um, strikes me as at least. Yeah, and like one thing that's interesting about it that I saw people pointing out is the fact that the shot starts pointing at a building with nothing interesting about it and then the thing crawls into the shot. It just so happens. Whereas right? if you were someone who was deciding to shoot something on your phone because you saw something, you'd be trying to point straight at it and follow it. Right. Not let it dramatically enter your shot. It's also like unclear as to how they got cued to see this thing before it enters the shot because I don't think you'd have any chance of seeing it. Yeah, unless they saw it climb up and then it started right, climbing back right. down. Like there's, it could, it's possible that something it's like possible. that could happen. But yeah, that's true. It's just too convenient. It's just yeah, it's probably a hoax. But um, and then, like I said, the video describes the creature as the Slender Man, but obviously it is not because a the Slender Man does not really look much like that at all. B, that isn't his M.O. anyway, and also yeah. C, he's not real, like he was totally invented online. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. We, I think we've mentioned this before. Yeah. He ain't real. Yeah. So something I like about these accounts, more however. Like, more like Pretender Man. <laughs> pretender Man. Something I like about these accounts is that each one begets several others. So, for example, mm. the blog post I started with 
was just something that Mike Perry had found out about and thought was weird and interesting, so he posted about it. But then people who found his blog replied with their accounts, effectively things like, holy crap, me too. I saw this thing. My husband saw this thing. My sister and I saw these things. Hmm. We'd never heard of anything like it. No one has ever believed us. We thought mm-hmm. it was just us. It seems crazy. Mm-hmm. People all being like, wow, other people have seen this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, most fascinating of all to me is the fact that the whole phenomenon started coming to light in the past decade or so, but is distinctly not traceable to any form of creepypasta or urban legend. Just eyewitness accounts. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, someone somewhere was the first to share, and then loads of others came in to add their stories, too. And once they realized they weren't alone and were less scared of being ric- ridiculed. Right. So it's like, it's it's really all eyewitness-based. It makes me wonder if there's any kind of historical accounts for similar beings. And that's, like, people, like, tracing it back, like, people will talk about it now and say, like, when they were younger or so, as far back as maybe the 80s and stuff. But in terms of, like going back is not it's not a legend and it's right, not right. a a creepypasta it's right. just a thing people have been saying recently that they have seen hmm. uh, a post from the blog of the arkansas-based paranormal research group spirit seekers pointed out that unlike creepypasta there is no obvious attempt at making these stories actually creepy mm-hmm. and that unlike urban legends uh quote there are no a friend of a friend accounts the details involved in the accounts are scant at best mostly fleeting glimpses so unlike true urban legend there's no moral or sense of irony at the end that is cool i do like that yeah so these are just stories because like yeah they they sound like it'd be creepy to see it but there's no like oh this creepy thing happened to me after right. like, oh the scary thing that it did it's just like oh we saw this weird fucking thing i don't really understand it, it that is pretty convincing isn't it because yeah you get the sense from like creepypasta or other kinds many 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 kinds of accounts is just someone seeing if they can pull people's legs with like a spook to see how scary yeah. they can make it and try, right. try and just like rally tell, tell a ghost story kind of thing right. it's just like here's a weird thing uh, there's no like yeah. plot to it the it end it's just like this thing walked by it looked really strange and we uh, went home <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um so here's some here's just a few selections of those many many accounts that people were tagging onto things so here's cool. from the list verse article down in the comments Quote, I've actually seen the stick guy in the middle of the day, close to noon, full sun, alongside a country road, and got huh. within 30, uh, 30, 35 feet of him before he turned sideways and winked out like paper folding in on itself. Oh, wow. It was flat, deep black, with elements of dark gray that highlighted some details. The movement I wouldn't describe as dancing or lolloping so much as the way a puppeteer might move a Japanese paper shadow puppet, huh. turning as if mounted on some giant stick and limbs moving like they were being rotated by some outside force, what not the... like normal joints at all. Until this list, in this list first article, I'd never heard of anyone else who'd seen anything like that. This witness also examined the area afterward to look for trash or debris or anything that might have been blowing in the breeze to mm-hmm. get the appearance of this thing, but found nothing. Too weird. Oh, my yeah. God. And then from the Spirit Seekers post, a woman named Kim says, Hi, I'm here because I'm trying to find an answer to something I've seen since I was a little girl. Not so much now because I blocked everything out, but when I was younger especially. I used to see a very long-limbed, black in color, shaped, uh, shaped like a person thing. No facial features. It used to only stay on the ceiling where the wall meets the ceiling and watch. Oh, fuck that and, shit. Yeah, it never came down onto the walls, just crawled around on the outskirts of the ceiling. Sometimes it'll elongate its neck to get a closer look. Nope. It sounds surreal and something out of a story, but to an eight-year-old girl, it was very real, and I saw it for many years. What? Why? Why would you just keep dealing with it? (laughs) Now I'm seeking an answer, and I came across this article, and I can honestly say I believe because I've seen. 
I've never known what it was, and my family didn't slash don't believe me. Just the makings of a child's imagination. So this is someone who was like, I, this thing has been driving me crazy for years. I don't know what right. it is, and it's real? Like, people have seen this too? Right. Uh, so then a user named Philip then responds, Kim, I believe you. I wrote here that I had seen a black figure behind me through the reflection on my TV. It was about six feet tall and walking in a tiptoeing manner. <laughs> this was about 10 a.m. It was really skinny and solid black with no facial features. Hmm. I also found this website wanting answers. I'm 53 years old and I was a police officer about 10 years ago and I own my own business now. I would not make up a story like this. Hmm. But to be honest with you, I never really felt threatened. Maybe a little startled. If it was going to harm me, it would have done it a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, then an anonymous user on that same post wrote, I can't believe I'm not the only one who saw this. Last night I was trying to get some sleep in my room and I heard something knocking at my window. I fearfully looked up and decided to open my door. That's when I first saw these so-called stick mans. Sick. Hmm. <laughs> so, hmm. so someone else uses mans as the plural of man. Stick mans. <laughs> the ones I saw were tall and incredibly lanky. They walked slowly and they all had medium-length thin strands of hair. Ooh. First okay. I thought it was just uh, I was just tired, but then I got up out of fear to open my door and I could feel this powerful feeling of pressure. I swear in my life it was one of the most terrifying slash paranormal feelings I've ever encountered. Hmm. I'm so happy I'm not crazy. Thanks for sharing your story. So it sounds a little bit different and it could be, you know, a nightmare or something. But Yeah, right, just right. The, I mean, still the idea of getting peace of mind from hearing. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Getting peace of mind from hearing other people with similar sounding stories is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, further on down, Susan E. says, it was this year, uh, 2015 was when she posted it, when I had the experience of seeing a black stick figure. It was Easter, April 5th, and my husband and I were driving north on a highway to our daughter's house at 9.30 in the morning. It was pouring rain, unusual in Northern California since we had had mainly drought conditions. All of a sudden, I saw dimly through the rain-battered windshield a thin black figure about 12 feet tall sprinting across the roadway from left to right, east to west, uh, several car lengths in front of us, seeming to dodge the cars yet lifting up off the road. What? It disappeared down an embankment, and I didn't see it after that. Very strange. That is so weird. Mm. My husband did not see it since he was con- concentrated on driving. Now, this was in broad daylight, not in the dark shadows down a lonesome road. Therefore, it did not strike me as spooky or ominous. The impression I had was that this was a reflection or an embodiment of nature and energy. Mm. As it moved so quickly, it seemed to have some purpose or destination or just an intent of getting out of the way of traffic. Mm-hmm. The husband driving, though, how did he not see it? I don't know. If it was crossing the road up ahead, like uh, she said, it was raining pretty hard, and so he was just like focusing really hard on the cars. Maybe he was I looking suppose. at the very next car, and she was looking a couple of cars ahead or something. Yeah, I'm not right, really sure. right. That could be. That could be. Yeah, so very weird. There are so, so many more in that same thread, uh, and I encourage everyone to check them out in the link I'll post to the Spirit Seekers post. Right now. The overwhelming majority include, in some form, relief at not being the only witness to see these creatures mm-hmm. everyone being so surprised to find out that other people have seen them mm-hmm. and relieved that they're not the only ones but for the hottest take of all mm-hmm. we refer to the youtube comments of that russian video which as we said is pretty much definitely a hoax uh, where josh b writes oh uh... quote it's called a soul eater it's <sighs> for lesser terms an alien Yes, it takes the basic humanoid shape, but it has trouble existing in our vibrational plane, P-L-A-I-N. So it's more blobbish-like. Therefore, two different words, it extends from its ligaments at unproportional and varying lengths, making it quite scary. 
Yes, you won't believe it's real, but for times these things have been used for assassinations and more like weapons. Because when higher consciousness beings that can go through different vibrational planes, again, P-L-A-I-N-S, uh, and exist without physical bodies, what's a better weapon than a soul eater? But yeah, yeah, you're right. Math, science, tacos, taxes, there's nothing more. Oh, Josh. Uh, regarding the end of that last statement, looking into it further, I found that Josh B. confirms he is a Ron Paul supporter. Oh, Finally boy. answering the question, what the hell kind of person follows Ron Paul? This. This kind of person. Oh, Josh. Josh B. I think Josh B. is the dark side of the Joanna <laughs> yes. cohort. Yep. So what are these stickly men, and what are they doing? <laughs> are they purely imagined? And if so, how are, these, uh, how are the reports so consistent? Which of our sensory phenomena du jour do we want to go with to describe these things? Mr. Shell? Uh, I would go with discarded Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> the dust come out, go big. Become monster. <laughs> Guys, treat your Etch-A-Sketches well. They will eventually become a... Uh, Weird, benign monster yes. that walks around. Yep. Well, I mean, the nighttime sightings strike me as just straight up visual obfuscation yeah i mean shadows can be all kinds of weird tricks things of the light. when you can't see that well tricks of light exactly especially can... if you're tired i yeah, mean oh, your yeah. mind will start to project mm -hmm. shapes that it wants to resolve into your quote-unquote vision and so many times that because we are human beings pareidolia being what it is we'll resolve mm -hmm. those shapes into human shapes or right. face shapes or things like that exactly. interesting that they resolve in this case into human shapes distinctly without faces yeah but right. if it is a shadow then you're not gonna be able to see any details but that basic prototype is almost even more convincing that it would be just the the bare the bare minimum uh, structure of oh arms legs and a head yeah so any kind of like stick or tree or some kind of thing but the way they move and stuff so if it isn't actually a person it's just some kind of something that they see right the movements are likely going to be weird because it's not actually a person right as for the broad daylight accounts that's a little bit weirder and a little harder weirder to, for uh, sure Harder to dismiss. Um, and the fact that so like, there are a lot more accounts on that. It is interesting. In general. I mean, the, and the starkness of it, too, that it would be this black shape. You know, if it was any other color, I'd be like, oh, maybe it was a trick of the light. Like, this if or it, that. Yeah, but they're not like, always the same, but they're pretty much always. void. Yeah. Like, what happened there? I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> another thing that comes to mind is maybe these are the kind of story fabricating folks who are good at it. <laughs> basically it could and be. know how to play a really subtle card and just be like oh yeah you know this basic thing happened whatever it could be that's the case it just I seems unlikely yeah it seems unlikely that so many people would be able to pull that off right, um right. and like with no real end game it's on the, just this one particular blog for one particular paranormal research group in arkansas right and they're all um saying on there like oh my god that happened to me too i'm like i'm i was really freaked out and there were a couple on, maybe it was on the list first one, people posting uh, encounters they had had. And the storytelling ones are much more obvious because they have a whole plot to them the and they're arc. trying to be yeah, creepy. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just like some random anecdote. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty mystifying. I uh, don't know what to describe it as other than my phone's ringing. God damn it. Well... I ignore the fuck out of them. Was it someone important? We can There's pause. President of the United States of America. You know, he's naked. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Oh, my God. What a night. Now, that's a nightmare. Can you imagine if he just called you up? <laughs> just every time he's naked. I'm naked. 
Um, need someone to swab my folds. <laughs> it's a Patton Oswald joke right there. Mm, yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, these are just something I came across one time. The name was interesting to me because like, that sounds weird. Right. And then reading about them, like, that sounds fucking bizarre. This can't be real. I still can't resolve it as like this can't actually be a real thing. But mm. I can't fully describe away what it could be. Or the fact that so many people seem to have consistent reports of this thing. Right. It kind of falls into the uh, ghosty, haunted house category for me where I can't really say that it is this or that, but I can say I believe that people are having a strange experience. Yes. So. So that is something weird. That is something weird. I mean, it's, it is also, I guess, in a category of things that would be interesting to experience for oneself because I feel like I would be creeped out as hell but I would not be like destroyed by it necessarily <laughs> they sound like a little bit too goofy to be fully terrifying they don't seem to do anything other than either just be passive and non-interactive or right. actually actively scared of people right part of what makes them so creepy is the weird cartoonishness of them of course but uh yeah it just seems like it'd be very interesting to experience <laughs> yeah right and I mean what a satisfying thing to be able to be like Holy shit, this shit is real. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what it is, but there it is. Yeah. Like, I experienced it. Happened, it happened, at least. Right. So, so there knows. are a couple of non-biological, or at least non-cryptozoological, like, just weird, creepy, just strange hard things. to really resolve yeah. odd creatures. Right, exactly. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Have you seen a black stick man? Are you one of the many people who didn't know other people had seen them? Yeah, right. Let us know. Yeah, please another do. scary story of absolutely any sort. Yeah, also please, any know. topic. Any topic at all. We Contact are at superduperstitious.com. Indeed. Please and reach out. And while you're at it, check out our snazzy ass new website layout. Oh, yeah. Thanks it's to Lauren so Marple, fresh. who also Thank designed you, our logo for making it look as sexy sleek as it does now. She's crafty. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you back here next week. Look forward to seeing you then. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.